No matter how much we know or think we know about God and His Word, there is always more. Today on Always More, Rebecca Keener discusses how the Holy Spirit is relevant to our everyday lives. He is the one who is our comforter in times of need and gives us the power to live a victorious life. Now, here's Rebecca. Well, welcome everybody to Always More TV. I'm Rebecca Keener, and we're continuing in our study on the Holy Spirit. This week, we are talking about probably a term that you have heard if you've grown up in the church or grown up in the Word. Maybe you've heard the term quenching the Holy Spirit. And, you know, sometimes we have these catchphrases and, and we'll say these things and we don't even know what they mean. And so I thought, you know what, we should dive into that today and just see what does it mean to quench the Holy Spirit? So let's have a word of prayer and we'll get right into our lesson. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for everyone who is joining today by television or online around the world, Lord, we're thankful that you're spreading the word of Always More TV and the good news about the Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, we pray that you would anoint this program today, that you would bless those who are watching, and Lord, that you would give us an inspired word of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you again for being with us. It's been such a privilege. We're on Lesson 18 today. And I'm learning so much about the Holy Spirit. I hope you are too. If you've missed any of our programs, you can always go to alwaysmoretv.org, click on the little YouTube icon at the very bottom of the contact page. It will take you to the YouTube page and you can go back and you can watch all the programs about the Holy Spirit that we've already covered. And there's many more to come uh, in the upcoming years. So praise the Lord for that. So today we're looking at the text in 1 Thessalonians 5, 19. So if you will turn there with me first, Thessalonians, which is in the New Testament toward the back of your Bible, 1 Thessalonians 5, 19. And it simply says this, do not quench. Amen. Say that with me. Do not quench. That means suppress or subdue the Holy Spirit. And so um, we'll go ahead and keep our finger there because I want to come back to a couple verses a little bit later. But do not quench, suppress, or subdue the Holy Spirit. So I was thinking, well, what exactly does that word mean? I was asking my 15-year-old son what he thought about this particular scripture or about if he could give me some input for today to bring to you about quenching. And he said very quickly, just like this, he said, the Holy Spirit is like Gatorade. He quenches my thirst. And I said, wow, that's, that's pretty amazing. So he flipped it to the other side, talking about how <clears throat> the Holy Spirit is the one who when he is poured out on us, he does quench our thirst. And um, we did a program on that that you can go back and watch on the Holy Spirit being poured out. But in this particular verse, Paul is talking about to those, the believers at Thessalonica, I can't say the word, but you know what I'm trying to say. He is telling them <clears throat> not to quench the Holy Spirit. Then he goes on to say in verse 20, do not spurn the gifts or utterances of the prophets. Do not depreciate prophetic revelations nor despise inspired instruction or exhortation or warning. And so it's very important that we 
<clears throat> are sensitive to the Holy Spirit and that we don't quench him or extinguish him in our life. Now, it's great that uh, my son looked at it that way, that the Holy Spirit is one who quenches our thirst. So we want to make sure that we're not quenching him. Amen. John 4 and 14 says, whoever drinks the water <clears throat> I give will never thirst again. That was Jesus speaking. Whenever you drink of the water of the Holy Spirit, you never thirst again. Isn't that amazing? So <clears throat> we see here that Paul is addressing the believers there uh, and, and admonishing them and saying, you need to discern and recognize the moving of the Holy Spirit. And when he comes to you through teachers, through preachers, through the apostles, through those that were um, helping to uh, build the church at that time, don't quench him. You know, that's a, that's a word for us today that when the Holy Spirit comes into our, our situation, our life, our church, our family, don't try to diminish him. Amen. Don't try to hold him back. Let him have that free reign. Let him pour out his spirit on us. And you know, when the Holy Spirit pours out, it's just like a pitcher of water pouring into a glass. It never runs out. Amen. And so we're thankful for that. But I was looking at some ways that we um, quench the Holy Spirit, maybe things that we haven't even thought about. And one way that we quench the Holy Spirit is when we try to do anything in our own strength and in our own power without yielding to the Holy Spirit, without praying first, without committing and submitting something to Him first. You know, these programs have been prayed over and committed and submitted unto Him that He would cause them to succeed. Not that I would try to do anything in my own strength, because we know that would not make any difference in anybody's life. But when it's inspired of the Holy Spirit, then the Holy Spirit has free reign to do His work. And we're not leaning on our own ability, our own intellect, our own power, our own strength. And that's a word for some of you watching today. If you're watching and maybe you're in a job and you're trying to figure a project out, something that you need help with, and you um, don't know how to do it, you don't know how to take care of the situation, lean into the Holy Spirit. Don't quench Him. Don't say, well, you know, this is a secular job, uh, and so I, you know, I can't take the Holy Spirit here. No, the Holy Spirit resides within us, and He, Jesus, we take Jesus anywhere we go. Amen? So lean into Him, and don't try to rely on your own uh, ability because our own ability will fail. Amen. Um, another way that we quench the Holy Spirit, I was uh, reading that scripture to you. I read it just a moment ago. First Thessalonians 5 and 20, if you want to look at that one more time, do not spurn the gifts and utterances of prophets. Do not depreciate prophetic revelations nor despise inspired instruction or exhortation or warning. You see, the people at that particular time in history despised the message of Jesus Christ, much like the environment today that we're living in. You know, many people don't want to hear the message of Jesus Christ in America. They want to do their own thing. They want to live their own way. They want to, uh, they want to be able to live contrary.
contrary to what the Bible tells us to live. And they, they feel that, you know, they're, they're bound up if they're trying to live by what the Bible tells us to do. When in fact, we know that it is the Word of God and the Spirit of God that brings life and brings freedom. The wages of sin is death. Ask me how I know. Amen. And those of you who are watching today who have testimonies where the Lord has brought you out of darkness and situations and lifestyles where you quench the Holy Spirit, and now you're learning to walk in the Holy Spirit and walk in His freedom. Wow. It's amazing, isn't it? It's wonderful. And you wake up every day excited and challenged and ready to live for Him. It's not that we don't have difficulties or problems or, or discouragement, but we have the power of the Holy Spirit to fight that. Amen. Because we, we are not quenching him. So <clears throat> the second way that we quench the Holy Spirit is to scoff or scorn the things of the Spirit, to scoff at or to scorn. You know, I was thinking if you watch the nightly news, America really is in a desperate place and we don't see it and we don't know it. And God is saying, wake up, wake up, wake up, because there's so much scoffing going on. There's so much scorn. We've made a sport of scoffing at people, at political opponents and, and um, you know, people in the media or people in, in entertainment scoffing at one another. And uh, we're in a desperate place and we are scoffing at the things of the spirit as well, not wanting to uh, allow him to have full free reign in our life or in our nation. Second uh, Chronicles 36 and 16 says, but they continually mocked the messengers of God, despised his words and scoffed at his prophets until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people and there was no remedy. Amen. You know, we can get to a place where the Bible says God will not strive with us always. He's not always, always, always going to be pouring out his mercy and he is holding back judgment, holding back evil because of people who are praying and asking him to pour out his spirit upon America. But there will come a time, there will come a day, America, if we don't repent for scoffing at the things of the Holy Spirit and quenching him, that there will be no remedy. Amen. The only remedy we have is Jesus Christ, and he's the only remedy we need. But if you reject him and you don't receive him and you quench the Holy Spirit, then God has given us that free will because he's a loving God. And he doesn't want you to quench his spirit in, in your life because we need him. I need him. You need him. We need him for guidance, for counsel, for wisdom, to teach us, to show us, to take us by the hand and lead us into all truth as we've already studied in all of our lessons. So we, we absolutely, without question, do not want to quench the spirit of the living God. We may even need to say today, as I was preparing this material, this, this message to bring to you today, I was praying, I was saying, God, show me how I have quenched your spirit and forgive me. I want to repent of that. I want to renounce that behavior, that activity, whatever it is that displeases you. See, the, the Holy Spirit is such a gentleman. He is so gentle. He is so 
um, meek and loving and and so kind and patient that you know he he doesn't he doesn't want to stay in an atmosphere he doesn't want to be in an atmosphere where he's not invited or he doesn't feel welcome we have to welcome him we have to prepare the atmosphere and ask for his presence to come in um, and you know the bible talks about in in um, at, well there in first thessalonians and 5 and 20 not scorning you know not scorning the prophets that's an open dislike or disrespect or derision mixed with indignation and expressive contempt or derision. Now, does that sound like America today or what? That we're just in this place of scorning and scoffing uh, on both sides of the political aisle, uh, in all uh, avenues of, of life and walks of life against leadership. Um, it, it has become a very dangerous environment. And so we must repent of quenching the Holy Spirit and invite him to come in. Another way that we quench the Holy Spirit is through uh, just having a carnal mind, a, a worldly mind, just uh, always watching carnal television, listening to carnal radio, um, uh, just having being in a carnal environment. By carnal, I mean it's all worldly. There is no... There is no um, presence of the Holy Spirit. There's no life. There's no feeding of the Holy Spirit. Uh, carnal media, um, you know, just carnal behavior, carnal social media, where we're just all focused on things here on the earth, whether it be, um, and these things are not necessarily bad, but fashion and decor and, and um, makeup and hair and, you know, all these things that, you know, the world just seems to just be just lusting after at this time. And we as Christians can get can get caught up in that if we're not careful. Sometimes the Lord will say, you know, you need to do a check on who, who are you following on social media? Are you following me, the Spirit of Christ in, in that person, or are you following the things of the world? And so God doesn't want us to uh, be absorbed with and consumed with carnal um, things in our life or carnal atmospheres, carnal music, you know. I used to love and still do old rock and roll, you know. And um, I have to listen with a spiritual ear to it because, you know, there are familiar spirits behind music, behind that will draw you back to the place of sin and place of downfall in your life. And you have to be able to listen with the ear of the Spirit and say, this is not good. And you got to be able to turn it off because you're quenching the Holy Spirit in your life. You know, I, this is what I say to my kids all the time. Garbage in, garbage out. You're putting garbage in those little earbuds that you're listening to every day. I, I, probably five times a day, you can ask my guys, what are you listening to? What are you watching? What are you putting in your spirit? Because garbage in, garbage out. Some of our young people watching today remember that. And you know what? Sometimes we want to be carnal even in church because we think, okay, that's cool. You know, we want to have carnal music. We want to have worldly music. We want to look like the world. We got to be hip. You know, we got to be relevant. That's the buzzword. We got to be seeker friendly. But it is okay to be spiritual. 
It is not only okay, it's wonderful to be spiritual. You know, that's what Paul said. He said that we're to walk in the spirit. And um, he said in Galatians 5, 16 through 17, that the things of the flesh, the carnal things, are opposed to the things of the spirit. They, they meet head to head. Amen. They don't mix. And so... <clears throat> We need to be walking and living and worshiping. The Bible says, worship him in spirit and in truth, that we worship him in the power of the Holy Spirit. And, um, and especially in our church, you know, I have seen so many crazy things, quench the spirit, distractions. Sometimes people don't know, you know, if, if you're new to church, you've never been, you know, you don't know reverence and that kind of thing. If we even chew gum in church, my grandma would put her hand out like this and tell us to spit it in her hand. You know, we were, <laughs> we were taught, you know, don't, don't be laughing. One time we got all tickled. All the cousins were up at the front taking communion in the Methodist church. You go up front and um, something happened. The pastor turned around and, and I don't know if he dropped something, something happened. And all of us cousins, seven of us got really tickled. We started laughing. We were just shaking, you know, and the whole altar area was shaking. We were laughing so hard, trying to hold it back, and we couldn't hold it back. Buddies, let me tell you, we got a come to Jesus session after that with our parents, and we were taught reverence. And that doesn't mean you can't have fun in church or you can't enjoy church. But, you know, there's some crazy stuff that y'all have seen in church, you've seen in church, just distractions from the things of the Spirit, you know, where you'll be in worship and then maybe somebody will, um, you know, start talking or come in or interrupt that. You know, these are things that quench the Holy Spirit. And so <clears throat> because the Holy Spirit is so gentle, we have to be sensitive to the things of the Spirit because we live in the Spirit. We don't live in our flesh. And we have to make sure that we just uh, ask for His free reign in our life, in our church services, in our nation, um, that we're not quenching Him and shutting Him down or distracting from the things of the Spirit. Amen. And the works of the flesh, if you want to turn to Galatians 5, 19 through 21, uh, we talked about these a little bit, uh, one of our previous lessons, but the works of the flesh also quench the spirit, and those are also carnal. Uh, now, doing the practices of the flesh are obvious. They are immorality, impurity, indecency, idolatry, sorcery, which is witchcraft, and that, I may add, is control and manipulation, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, selfishness, divisions, party spirit, uh, sex with uh, particular opinions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. I warn you before, Paul said, just as I did previously, that those who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And then it goes on to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. And so we see that the works of the flesh absolutely quench the, the uh, free flow of the Holy Spirit. Now, you know, if, 
We've given examples here of quenching the spirit, sin, carnality, worldliness, just your atmosphere, setting your atmosphere uh, with worship, with praise, with the word of God going forward. Um, sometimes I'll just leave the television on Christian television during the day just to have it in my atmosphere or, or have worship music going on in my home, just to have the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit so that when everybody comes in in the evening, there's that atmosphere of peace. When my kids go out to school in the morning, I want to send them out with an atmosphere of love and, and hug them and pray over them and, and just that atmosphere of peace. They're going into an atmosphere of this where the Holy Spirit many times is quenched. And so they need to go in with the power of the Holy Spirit so that they uh, can be able to, to uh, be successful in their day for the Lord. Uh, not discerning the Holy Spirit, making fun of the Holy Spirit, or laughing or mocking or scoffing. Sometimes, you know, we've, um, as kids, we'd do that. We'd watch ministers or preachers get to, you know, preaching and we'd kind of laugh and snicker and that kind of thing. You know, we need to teach our kids we don't laugh or mock or scoff at the things of God. Amen. Because that quenches the Holy Spirit. And we don't scoff at one another. Um, when someone's trying to bring the Word of God or preach the Word of God, and, you know, maybe they're not an orator like Billy Graham or whatever, we, you know, we don't laugh at them. We support them, especially young people who have that call to ministry. We clap, we cheer, we, yes, that's awesome, that's great. We bring affirmation and exhortation because that's who the Holy Spirit is. He exhorts us and He pushes us up. Amen. So, if we can quench the Holy Spirit, we can create atmospheres that foster the power and the free flow of the Holy Spirit. So, sometimes just getting in that praise and worship and having that going in our atmosphere, it brings in the, the presence of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit into our home. And of course, prayer brings in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And uh, just that praise, putting on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You know, if you feel uh, down or depressed, that's a quenching of the Holy Spirit. Because when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you're not depressed. You feel the joy of the Lord and joy is one of his fruit. So you put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Just like I, I you know, put on this vest today, you put on the garment of praise, put it around you, put on the full armor of God, get in his word, obedience to God and fear of the Lord. When you are obedient to God, that's not quenching the Holy Spirit. But when the Holy Spirit has told you to do something and you just absolutely will not budge and won't do it, amen, that quenches his spirit. And so God wants you to be obedient to him. It's just the scripture, Isaiah 31 and 15, I believe it is, that says, if we are willing and obedient, we will eat the good of the land. Whenever we're obedient to him, the good of the land is the Holy Ghost. And he comes in our life with a force, with a power, with a strength, with a dunamis power that builds us up. And, and helps us in every small thing and every big thing in our life. 
And uh, liberty, you know, if you are in a situation where you're bound up in laws and legalism and religion, that quenches the Holy Spirit. And you feel a difference there. You, you feel that um, the Holy Spirit is not present. And so uh, we want to invite the Holy Spirit to come in to our lives and to have free flow where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. You think about in our cities and in our schools that we, you know, we don't want to quench the power of the Holy Spirit. We want to teach our children about God and about the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. Anne Graham Lott said that for years we've been telling God to get out. How can we expect Him, expect God to give us His blessing and protection if we demand He leave us alone? Wow, think about that. That's the quenching of the Holy Spirit. We've quenched His power. We've quenched His Word. We've quenched His Spirit in our schools. And so we need to begin to cry out and pray, Lord, forgive us. We repent for quenching you. And, and we know we've done wrong and we need you to pour out your Spirit on us. I was thinking about my second grade teacher. Her name was Mrs. Peel. I'll never forget. She... Uh, was not allowed to teach. She was a very strong Christian, but she was not allowed to say anything at that point about God. And she would lay her Bible like this on the edge of her desk. And she would say, now class, when you're through with your work, come up and put it on my desk. And so we would come up as a class individually. We would put our work and she had her Bible here. And if we laid our paper on the Bible, like I've done with my notes, she would take the paper off and she'd say, no, put it here. Never put anything on top of the Word of God. Amen. So she taught us, even though she was, the Holy Spirit was quenched in the school, I'll tell you, the Holy Spirit will find a way, find a way. Hallelujah. Uh, you cannot contain him. He will find a way to loose his spirit upon us and upon our nation. And so that's what we need in our churches and in our homes. You know, many times we, we don't, we don't, we quench the Holy Spirit because we don't know him. We, we've heard Holy Ghost, so we think, oh, he's a ghost, he's spooky or whatever. We're, it's, we're not talking about Casper, the friendly ghost, amen, that some of us grew up watching. We are talking about the divine presence of God here on this earth, and he points everyone to Jesus Christ. That's why he came, and that's why his presence is here. And so we do not want to quench the Holy Spirit, amen. And so I just want to encourage you today that if you feel like I look at my life and that's all I've ever done is quench the Holy Spirit. I've been in contention and strife and disobedience and broken the law or whatever. And you feel like I have messed up. You know, the Lord can change all that. All you have to do is ask him, just repent of your sins like I've done and so many others and just say, Lord, I need you. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Save me. Forgive me. Wash me clean. Pour your spirit out on me. And Lord, when I've quenched you, I ask you to forgive me and help me to be quick, be quick to correct it and to ask your forgiveness. And I just, I just know that we're ripe for a revival. We are ripe for the Lord to pour out his spirit on us as the body of Christ and as a nation. And so we ask him to do that today and that we will no longer quench him. 
Amen. Well, thank you for joining us again for this lesson. And please go back and catch up on all the others. We pray that, that uh, Always More has been a blessing to you. And we look forward to being with you next time right here on Always More TV. This program is brought to you by Heritage Christian Fellowship Incorporated and faithful friends like you. Your tax-deductible donation to Heritage Christian Fellowship Incorporated, founded 1974, will be used to support this program. To find out more about how you can be a part of sending the gospel through Always More, contact us at alwaysmoretv.org.